Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Well, aren't you lucky? Finally doing a podcast, and I brought a doctor with me. How awesome is that? Welcome to the inaugural, the first, uh, the top, the tip, the championship, the most tip-top, top cat edition of Minding Our Business. And I got the G. The G snuck in there, and there is no G in this show. Hashtag mob, by the way. If you want anything to do with this program, it's hashtag MOB. But it's minding apostrophe or whatever the hell. What would that be, Doc? It'd be an apostrophe. Not a, is it an apostrophe? It's an apostrophe. Yeah, it is. It would be something else right there. Our business. The, verse, the voice you just heard, Dr. Wendy Dees, University of Miami Associate Professor, uh, the foremost, and you're not going to fight me on this, the foremost authority on sports uh, sponsorships slash marketing slash money. I mean, that's what we're here for. Um, I'm Jason Jackson, the uh, 20-time Emmy Award-winning broadcaster, uh, Miami Heat, and uh, Sirius XM Radio. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about ourselves, because that's what this is all about. We don't get interrupted by phone calls or guests. It's just you and I talking about all the great, awesome, trending things in sports business. So it's going to be vast. We're probably going to spend a lot of our time in professional sports, but college sports obviously demands our attention, (laughs) without a doubt, because there's boatloads of cash. But uh, Dr. Dees, tell the folks all about yourself. All right. Um, I don't have 20 Emmys, but um, <laughs> but anyway, it's You're awesome. You're not alone. <laughs> it's awesome to be doing with this, uh, this with you. I'm so excited. Um, like Jack said, um, I'm Dr. Wendy Dees. I'm an associate professor uh, and graduate program director of sport administration at the University of Miami. And um, been studying and researching sports business and marketing and sponsorship um, for about 15 years now. And so, like Jack said, um, it is all about the money, whether people like to admit that or not. Um, so it's going to be awesome talking about how uh, front offices uh, make money and use money. So yeah. ready to get started. Uh, I have been in this industry. This, for me, would be sports broadcasting. Uh, since I was 18, I was very fortunate to get an awesome internship out of the most rigorous internship uh, evaluation process known to humanity, the Inroads program, uh, which has affiliates all over the country, but this is right out of Cincinnati. And there was one internship for me. There were like 50 internships for 300 kids, so the ratio was still pretty terrible. Uh, but um, I, there was only one internship that I would want. It was with the Scripps Howard 
uh, company, which mostly at that time, remember when there were newspapers? Mm -hmm. uh, it was, <laughs> they mostly owned newspapers, but they also owned uh, whatever the government allowed at that time, that many number of television stations and one in Cincinnati. And I knew as a young athlete that I was average and probably below average, but I always wanted to be around sports. And so uh, the first thing that made sense to me was, was broadcasting, mostly because I wanted to be uh, a teacher of young people like yourself, but at the high school level, and coach baseball uh, for my life. And my father said very distinctly, because I remember to this day, I will not subsidize the education of another educator. <laughs> How about that? Uh, he was an educator, and as was my mother. Uh, my father decided at a very young age, as, as a very young father, that if he wanted the life he thought he wanted for himself, he should probably go sell information systems and stop teaching English. And so that's not deterring anyone from that career path, but if you want certain things for yourself, uh, sometimes that costs money. And so he departed and didn't want that life for me, which I think I may find my way into a classroom eventually just because. I hope so. Yes, ma'am. Uh, invite me anytime, by the way. I'm happy to speak to your, uh, your brainiacs at any point. Uh, but anyway, so the next thing on the Myers-Briggs career assessment uh, that I took as a sophomore in high school was broadcaster. I was very fortunate. There was an instructional television program in my high school in the mid to late 80s, which was unheard of, but it was fantastic. So the next two years, I got to kind of get my uh, hands dirty. And by the time I was in this ridiculous the difficult soul ripping process of trying to get one of these internships to the point where I was interviewing with other companies because I just was like, I'm not going to get out of this process and have no internship if Scripps Howard doesn't select me for this internship at WCPO TV, which was then the CBS affiliate in Cincinnati. It's now ABC. Um, but I'm going to go work at like Hammer Construction or some, I'm going to make some, make some hot dogs with chili on it. Cincinnati people know what's up there. Uh, something was going to occur out of this. But anyway, fortunately, I got the, the, the internship I wanted. And that started uh, this beautiful love affair with understand and understanding and learning how to communicate to people uh, in this awesome space, which for a long time was still the last good news. You know, the news had turned into death and destruction. Weather can change your disposition. But sports was still like the good news. And for me, everything changed with OJ. Like that's when it all started to bleed together and sports became news and news departments found out that there was such an interest in sports and sports figures that they would jump on those stories. And so the mid-90s, everything changed. Uh, and then I found out I got to be around the games. The games will not change. The, 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 there'll, there'll be innovations. Uh, the players will get stronger and faster. The money that comes into these games will change, but the games will always be the games. And so uh, you're going to have to hit a home run. You're going to have to shoot a three, you have to score a touchdown, and all the other sports that I did not just mention, uh, the competition is, is where it's at for me. So uh, still having this love and interest about the business around my business leads us to minding our business. So while well, you're busy. Yeah. You ready? Let's jump right in. Let's get to our first topic, which uh, is going to be a little dated for people when they probably first hear this, uh, but it caught me and disturbed me that the worldwide leader in sports would mess with perfection. For those people that dive inside everything ESPN, you realize what maybe some people don't. When they have a huge product, um, NBA Finals, uh, the National Championship for football, 
whatever they find, a women's uh, national championship for basketball, whatever it is that they have that's massive, they will use their platforms to put on the same event, but with a different twist, a little change of venue. Uh, that's also the case for the national championship playoff for college football. And they were, they had, they struck gold. And what they did is they packed a room full of coaches for one of the channels. So they have their brainiacs, you know, they're the smart, the smart aleck, round table, talking head people. That's probably on one channel. Uh, and then the game itself on another channel. And they probably put some other stuff on another channel. They got, you know, they have ESPN, ESPN2, ESPN News, uh, ESPNU, and Deportes. They, they can go buck wild uh, as it pertains to their platforms on, on cable and, uh, and uh, satellite streaming as well, obviously. And uh, so you get the game with Herb Street and Fowler and uh, whoever they have rolling sidelines. I should probably know exactly who that is. Maria uh, Taylor and Maria Taylor, Holly and then, Rowe. Yeah, yeah, and probably um, – Rutledge. What's her first name? Is it Laura Rutledge. Laura Rutledge. With the SEC. That's probably who they probably have. Probably be the core. Exactly. And so the next channel that I think is probably the most enjoyable channel for any freakazoid football fan was the Coach's Room. It's fantastic. And other channels like NBA TV have done this. You get the best minds that you can get that are willing to take some time off and maybe make a little cashish. Well, they have current and former coaches, so it's the best of both worlds. And they're sitting there watching the game like coaches and talking to you, and you get brought into this universe that we, none of us, not even professional observers, get to come into. It's fantastic. They've decided to ruin that. Why, you're going to tell me. Well, By putting Monday Night Football's crew, which uh, I'm going to be nice and say that that group is controversial in the sense of where you once were, the history of that product, and how you decided to present it. So this isn't necessarily an assessment of uh, Booker McFarlane and Jason Witten and Joe Tessitore, as well as uh, one of my favorite sideline and courtside reporters, uh, Lisa Salters. This is just me saying, okay, I get it. You're trying to push forward your number one football team, but you're putting them in a space they know nothing about, not from not being able to prepare and get ready, right. they don't cover college football. Yeah, and ESPN, I think, has a history of doing this. They have something great going, and they just want to make it a little bit better. But they want to make it a little bit better by comparing it with a professional product. And so I think what ESPN is trying to do here is they think, okay, well, the college football playoffs are so big and the national championship is so big, and we need to make it more like the NFL. But you don't because the NFL is what the NFL is and college sports are are totally different. Everyone's used to listening to Herb Street and Fowler and and like you said, the the great sideline reporters. But um, I think what they're trying to do is they think they're going to take the analysis up a notch with these, you know, NFL personalities. Um, but everybody, like you said, wants to hear from the college coaches. They want to hear from the people who know the history of, of the schools and the players and the rivalries and who know the fans. And I think this is what everybody loves about college football, that, you know, these coaches know all the ins and outs of, you know, college life and, and the game, and they've all been there. And there's just no reason to take the, the ESPN, you know, coaches film room which everyone loves right. and you know put the NFL guys in there because like you said they don't 
they don't watch as much college football. That's not their job, you know. They're they're watching NFL games and they're breaking down NFL games. And I've said this before with the NBA, and you probably know this, Jax, that, you know, I love Charles Barkley. He's amazing. But every time he starts breaking down March Madness games, I just think, (laughs) why? Why are we bringing the NBA – yeah, why are we bringing the NBA analysts into, um, you know, March Madness all of a sudden? You can tell the guys don't, you know, watch the – the game season long, yeah. and it's going to be the same thing with this. These guys just don't watch college football, um, and they certainly don't have the insight to the extent of the current and the former coaches. And so I think ESPN's trying to ramp up the the product and just try to take it to the next level, but it's just not the way to do it. Joe Tessitore called college games. Both Booger McFarland and Jason Witten played college football. Uh, I understand maybe that line that you're trying to connect, and they're – uh, maybe have a keen eye to try to assess the talent that's going to be in that game. Uh, obviously, Alabama just keeps cranking folks into the NFL, as does Clemson. Uh, so maybe there's something there that they're trying to tap into. It's just not – It's just not. it won't draw me there where I can hear Herm Edwards say something to the effect, and I think he said this in one of the games the other day. Uh, I, I think it was something he said, oh, there they go with that casino coverage. And the other coaches are looking around going, what are you talking about, her casino coverage? Like, we've never – like, what do you do? You put – he's like, that's when you roll the dice and you push everything to the center of the table. And if you hit, it's awesome. But if you don't, you lose. Herm Edwards is amazing, by the way. <laughs> Herm Edwards is fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I just think, you know – it doesn't make sense also because these NFL guys actually don't have uh, the greatest reviews from the NFL fans. Yeah. So oh, that's a whole other episode. That yeah, might be that's a whole other episode. That might but, be a whole other thing. Um, we we'll check it that only, money. It only takes a little bit of reading the comments on Twitter to realize that, um, yeah. you know, everyone's not loving the fact that, uh, that Witten and, and Tessator are going to come in and, you know, call college football when they're not loving them necessarily on Monday night football. Right. So it's just – it's an interesting move. Um, but I think ESPN's going to realize really quick the coach's film room was, uh, was where it's at. We went off the top swinging. I don't know if we, you know, maybe should have got a little positive off the top. I'm not sure. Maybe learning about us was the positive. And then we came in with the hammer uh, next. Let's move to our next headline in the National Basketball Association. The NBA jersey patch uh, was something that at first I was, I was ugh, so European. This is so not us. We don't need this extra dollar, this extra dime. But this actually came from just the way things were going to change with the jersey changing uh, from the manufacturer of Adidas, which had the deal for so long with the NBA, to Nike. And it was really going to provide an open space, uh, honestly, on the jersey. And I assume if you're a multimillionaire and or a billionaire, uh, you tend to embrace money-making opportunities. And uh, the smart folks who are in charge of sales and marketing at uh, the league office in New York don't miss a beat ever. Uh, And so this really has gone well. I'm not sure. I think there's still a couple teams that still haven't sold that space still. Just one. There's just one. So that's amazing. So the first year, it was half the league. And then nearly damn near half the league did it again in the next year. Why is this so lucrative for a company to have that type of space? Well, I think it's funny that you start off saying that you didn't think this was going to happen. Oh, it's it was, genius now, please. Oh, it's genius Come now. On. Of course yeah. it is. No, I knew it would happen. I didn't like it. I, I said, this is not, we're not NASCAR. This is not European soccer. 
you know, not realizing that you know, WNBA has been doing this all over their jersey for years. And, uh, but, but now this is just raking in hundreds of thousands of dollars, I assume. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're not the only one. I mean, everyone said the, the U.S. four professional, you know, pro leagues would not have um, corporate names on jerseys. And people said that for years. I heard people say, oh, that'll never happen. That'll never happen. And I just always said, oh, it'll happen. It's just there's a certain amount of money that will make it happen. Um, and it's interesting also that you said that the WNBA has had uh, corporate names on their jerseys for years. Yeah, I mean, years. like full jersey, right? right? Like right. not this little patch either. Right. Full right. name, full brand name on the jersey since uh, 2009, I believe. Um, but anyway, like you said, it, it's interesting how um, the NBA always tends to go first on this. We, we already know the NBA is, you know, the most innovative league. They're certainly um, uh, willing to take calculated risks, you know, business-wise. And I think that started a long time ago with Commissioner Stern. And, and that's just become um, their calling card now that the NBA kind of goes first with these types of things. And then the other leagues, you know, look to see how that rolls out. But um, yeah, we're down to there's only one you know team left that doesn't have a jersey patch deal. Um, but in terms of the impact that this has had, I mean, it's only a 2.5 inch by 2.5 inch uh, piece of real estate on the jersey, but it's valuable to the tune of uh, this last NBA season, 137 million dollars in new revenue for the NBA just in the jersey patches. So this is revenue that the NBA did not have before selling this little valuable piece of real estate. Um, and uh, in 2018, um, the NBA surpassed $1 billion in sponsorship revenue for the very first time in the history of the league. And it's predominantly because of this new stream of revenue that they did not have. Um, and now the NBA is sitting at number two um, in sponsorship revenue uh, for the leagues, just behind the NFL. The NFL is at $1.32 billion in sponsorship revenue, mm -hmm. and the NBA is now $1.12 oh, billion. Oh, nipping at the heels oh, they are of the right great there. monster. Uh-huh. They no. are right there. And to give you some perspective, MLB's only at $892 million, and the NHL <laughs> uh, is at about $560 million. So that, gotcha. I mean, this is closing the gap for the NBA, mm -hmm. and it's a huge amount of, of revenue that they didn't have before. And, you know, I, I think that last deal is coming here soon. So there's always this debate of uh, basketball-related income. And I'm not sure I haven't seen any documentation nor any real debate about what that patch becomes uh, as it pertains to the collective bargaining agreement and sharing that pool of money as they do uh, with their players at the tune of somewhere between uh, 51 and 47 percent, depending upon the sliding scale and how it's impacted by how well the league did uh, that previous year. Uh, this being new revenue in the last two years, I just wonder how this is going to spill into the pool of salary, if at all. Because here's the interesting thing about merchandise that most people probably don't know about the NBA. Years ago, the uh, Players Association negotiated a flat fee for every single player. So LeBron gets the same check for merchandise from the NBA that uh, pick anybody at the end of any bench. That guy 
the two-way – well, probably not the two-way player, but the 14th or 15th guy on any team. I'm not going to say any names because then somebody's going to be upset. <laughs> right, don't but hurt anybody. Don't get all upset, exactly. So it's, it's interesting that that's probably – I'm talking myself into understanding about what's really happening here. There'll be no real change. That the pool may increase and then the separation of uh, how it goes, you know, it's divided by 450. You know, that's just that's how many players or player spots there are. Not every team has uh, 15 players on their roster. Um, so this is heavily coming into the ownership and league pocket more so than it's coming to the player who, by the way, happens to be wearing the jersey that's being touted in front of all these television cameras. Absolutely. And um, it's still a case of the haves and the have-nots because mm-hmm. these jersey patch deals are – they're averaging $6.5 million annually. Um, but you've got, the, you've got the Cavs and the Warriors up at the top, and the Warriors are making $20 million a year for three years, getting $60 million from a Kooten. And Rakuten's the the Japanese e-commerce company, um, you know. And then you've got Sacramento getting you know just a couple of million from right. Blue Diamond Almonds. So, right. so your market is, matters. Right, right. Your market matters. Your market yeah. absolutely matters. And so um, you know the the top five deals are you know Cavs, Warriors, Lakers, Celtics. Um, and 76ers since they went first in terms of the ones that are delivering the most value. And then everybody's kind of scattered in between there. Yeah. So you know the teams are going to want to keep their own money if they're up at the top. If you're down at the bottom, you're like, hey, let's share. Let's, you know, let's spread this out. Right. So, um, you know, each team's driving their value there, and that's, you know, dictated by a lot of different factors, you know, media market and wins and losses and star players and all that. So it will be interesting to see – um, I think especially it'll be interesting to see in about two to three years because these are only about two to three year deals. Mm-hmm. And so when they come up, you know, are they going to get renewed and for how much? And because they're already showing value. Sure. So we have uh, analytics uh, companies like Gum Gum Sports who, who look at how much um, these jersey uh, patch sponsors, you know, get seen and how much awareness uh, there is of these. Um, and early estimates are – they're they're fleshing out it being worth two two hundred fifty or three hundred million dollars in media value that they're bringing Ooh. in because, you know, on, on social and digital and you know they're right there yeah. where everybody sees these company names and and all the players and and the posting that they do on social and so if they really are delivering two hundred fifty to three hundred million dollars in value, at only six point five million a year these companies are paying you would think that they are going to renew and that maybe the next round of deals could be bigger. I think Goodyear's going to be on the phone to Cleveland immediately. That was a <laughs> deal made with LeBron James in the mix. So I, I look forward to seeing how that one changes. Let's keep it in the NBA. And this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime 
for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This story is so awesome for me because I remember the first NBA player to have a really awesome platform in India, and it was Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh really? went to India as really the first large ambassador before the league really had a strong footing uh, in, in India, a place where they're really trying to grow the game. And so much so, uh, the NBA will have its first game there as the Indiana Pacers and the Sacramento Kings will play in two preseason games coming up uh, this fall in Mumbai, uh, marking the first games the NBA has played in India and the first game staged uh, in the country by a North American sports league Period. Period. So the NBA is getting in here into some fertile ground where there's, I don't know what, a billion people? Yeah. Another country with a billion people in it? The NBA, I think their globalization strategies are just so fascinating. Again, it's a continuation of what David Stern started, and and they're just – they're just amazing. I mean, what they've done in China uh, is incredible. And, you know, you've seen Kobe and Steph over there and all the great things that they've been able to do. And they've been really strong ambassadors. And they've got their foothold really well in China, and they're moving on. So um, I just think it's amazing what they're doing. And these two games are going to be um, really special to watch, I think, next season. I'm sorry, 1.3 billion people 1.3 billion. in India. Uh, it's, I've been on a trip to China. Uh, with the Miami Heat, and this was during the height of, of the LeBron, James Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh era, and I was physically moved by the intensity of the popularity of the individual players, uh, the teams, and the embracing of the game. Uh, it, there is a distinct passion uh, that rivals anything that we have right here inside our own borders for these games. Think about what time they have to get up to watch the games. I'm sure there's a lot of recording and playing, but there's some people that want to see these things live at 2, 3, 4 in the morning, 8 o'clock 
in the morning because it's exactly on the other side of the world and they're either pausing school or work to try to get that done. Um, so to add this market, it's something else. And the thing that you always know uh, is that there's always kind of a four-way first. I understand that there's more than 350 live NBA games that are radiated in India first, uh, and, and that's every single season. And so there's a little bit of a taste. And then find out if these folks are going to come out for the Basketball Without Border camps. And then slowly but surely, uh, you start implanting junior NBA. Uh, you bring over an academy. And now you're growing the game to the level where they're now uh, young Indian players that maybe are 8, 9, 10, maybe even 13 to, to 15 that are going to pick up these games. And they're the next Joel Embiid, who was in a Basketball Without Borders camp in Cameroon. Uh, as a more advanced teenager who had not played the game and now is an NBA All-Star. Yeah, and then it goes on from there. And business-wise, you start seeing uh, you know brands from these countries infiltrating the, the league and sponsorships that you haven't seen before. Um, I remember when, when Dwayne Wade signed with Leaning and everybody was like, who? What? Hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> right. and now that's not, even, that's not even a surprise to see these Asian brands um, in the U.S. and, and getting involved in – in pro sports sponsorship and like you said the Warriors have the biggest patch deal with you know Rakuten and so um, then the next step after all of that is you know um, getting Indian uh, corporations and businesses involved um, in the league once you get to the point where um, you've kind of infiltrated that country and, and all of their fans. Let me correct myself the NBA Academy India was already established in May of 2017 so they are already establishing who the top male and female prospects from throughout India are at this point. And so now we're, they're already, you know, two years, year and a half down that path. By the time these games show up, uh, you're going to have probably, I don't know, two or three dozen men and women, young men and women, that now get to be around these NBA teams and coaches uh, for what is probably a good part of a week that they'll probably go over there uh, and have these games. This is this is the stuff that makes this game awesome. It yeah, really and, is. And the NBA always does their homework. By the time Nails these games it. show up in, in these other countries, um, you know, they've been in that area for, for years. So it's not a surprise. And, and the NBA is incredible in their, in their international marketing strategy. You know what I'm going to start calling this part of the show? What's that? The high five. Okay. Yeah, because we're usually going to have like five subjects that we're in right now. We're basically past the halfway point. In the high five. Can time we actually fl- high five for the people? That was a real high five. That was not a sound effect. And time time does fly when you're having fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go to our fourth topic, and it's one that is dicey. And so this might take us an extra minute or two. And it's the legalized sports gambling uh, around the country that uh, is governed, by the way, people, uh, by state government. And uh, here in Florida... Uh, I can see this coming down the avenue. We'll treat this like medicinal weed. We'll blow it the first time. And then the second time, we'll bring it around because we'll realize how much money everybody else is making around the country. Uh, but uh, was it the state of Delaware first and then Jersey? And now we're slowly rolling out to all these states that will slowly but surely uh, have legalized gambling in their location. And so um, it's interesting deals with uh, the NBA. They have a gambling partner. Uh, the NFL now has gotten in bed with Caesars. I mean, like it is an actual casino in a town where they're going to have an NFL team. So the whole idea of the drape that used to exist between professional sports and gambling, that's going away. 
It's gone. It's gone. Yeah, we've got, it's we've got it's not going away. It's gone. Mississippi, right. West Virginia, Arkansas, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Rhode Island, DC. Um, so the states are the states are just rolling along. I mean, this is it's only going to be a matter of time. But um, the leagues are on board. I mean, they were ready to go. They were waiting for this. Um, again, NBA and uh, Major League Baseball. Um, NHL all went first and it's interesting that you know the NFL's you know considered the the king in terms of the big four sports leagues but they always kind of hang behind they wait for like the NBA to dip their toe in the water and see what happens before they jump in um, but all the leagues now have an official gaming partner the deals are all slightly different um, you know the NBA is um, you know their their partnership and um, Data-driven. Data-driven, yeah, betting, right. sports books. Yeah. Logos so. are going to be allowed in the sports books. Um, NFL's not doing that. Their yeah. deal with Caesars uh, Entertainment, um, they're the official casino, but they're not going so far as to put the, the shield in the sports books and it's not a betting partnership. So it's a little bit different, but they certainly took the whatever. It's $20 million a year, whatever that's going to be. Um, but it's not... Uh, as robust of a partnership as it is for the NBA and, and Major League Baseball. Um, but this gambling, the legalization of gambling is going to be just a watershed moment business-wise for these leagues because the sponsorships are already pouring in. Advertisements are going to blow up. Um, you know, the research tells us fandom-wise that people are much more involved in watching games, um, attending games, um, following games, whenever they've got money on the line. So all these leagues are going to be looking at viewership numbers. Live attendance numbers are obviously down, so they're hoping that you know this helps in that area. Um, but this could impact the leagues to the tune of tens of billions of dollars a year, which is just incredible. So the Supreme Court ruling that allowed for each state to decide what they want to do for themselves uh, it, it created a bit of a freedom. The leagues do have to kind of tiptoe to find out how are they going to monetize it, right? Where can they get a percentage on the dollar, an action, the VIG, uh, <laughs> that, that was always in the shadows? And so the thing that I've enjoyed, and I, I know this is going to sound like I'm the NBA shill, but the transparency of the NBA is, yeah, we're, we're trying to identify in each of these locations, each of these state municipalities, uh, how we're going to get our cut because you're betting on our game and you're using our logos and those are our players. And so there's going to be something that comes our way. How difficult is it going to be for these leagues to manage 50 states and their different legislation and their different regulations? Yeah, well, I think that's the reason why you're seeing these deals up at the top at the league level so that it takes some of the complication out of that. And I'm not your sports law person. I'm your marketing person. But I can see why the leagues would want to make these deals. It's just like when you're doing sponsorship deals, right? Whenever you're bringing in the money up at the top and the league's making the deals. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, okay, we'll bring we'll bring in the money at the league level. We'll figure out how to, you know, distribute that later. But um, it takes some of the complication uh, out of that. Um but um, I think it's interesting, um, going back to the NFL just briefly, that Roger Goodell said in 2012 that mm-hmm. the number one issue uh, that he had with professional football mm-hmm. um, is gambling would be number one on his list in terms of a threat to the integrity of the sport. Right. Um, but then all of a sudden when you realize there are tens of billions of dollars you know, to be made, suddenly you know, that all changes and then you know, they – 
figure out a way to to regulate it and and uh, make those deals happen. But yeah, uh, ninety million is that what we had for this deal, right? Yeah, Something 90, like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that'll change your tune. It'll it will. Change it'll change. It'll change your tune yeah. really quickly. Uh, the thing that is interesting to me is this is the first deal that MGM didn't get. Yes, they yes. have, but they're now again. Let's note those are gambling deals that they have with the NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball. I think those are far more lucrative. Am I right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I I don't know how the NFL came to um, select Caesars Entertainment. I don't think since we're just finding out about the deal today, right. we don't know all the details on that. But no gambling in it at this stage. At this stage, gotcha. and I like I said, I think it's because the NFL likes to tiptoe into yeah, things, they even though see. even though they're the big dog. I think they always like to see um, what everyone else does first. Um, so. I think that it will, it's going to come down the line, of course. You know, the, the betting is going to be there. It's not there right now. But also, in, in true NFL fashion, of course, Jerry Jones is out in Texas, and he has his Windstar casino deal, and he was the first one to, to do that. And so um, that part is, is uh, very typical of what you see in the NFL with, with Jerry Jones doing his deal first. Um, but I think we're going to start seeing all the teams – that are able to to make these deals happen, um, jump in and and sign these casinos and and sports books, and we're already seeing you know the uh, the leagues start to fill up this this betting category. Um, in fact, one of the predictions is that obviously the gambling and the betting category is going to be the um, the biggest growth area for professional sports sponsorship next year, and you know as the rest of the states roll out. So. Before we move on to our final topic, we should probably note that this exclusive deal for Caesars uh, with the NFL uh, is in the United States and the UK. So give them kudos there. Yep. Uh, it includes the Super Bowl and the draft as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, Caesars will host parts of the 2020 draft, which will be in Las Vegas, in Las for, Vegas. The, for the very first time as the Raiders make their move there. Our last stop in the high five, the thumb or the pinky. What do we want to call this part of the program? One for the thumb. I think that's what I've heard that phrase before. When people are getting their rings and they're they've had the four championships, they always want to get that last one. The one I don't know. for the thumb. You're I don't not know. feeling that what one about, yet. What about the pinky ring? Yeah. That's what I was ring. Hearing. That's what I was You didn't even say I ring. Did. You said ring. Right. Come on, Central Florida. Right. Jumped so out I'm, of you right there. I'm not going with the thumb. I'm going with the pinky ring. Pinky ring. All right. Let's call it the pinky ring. Last one. Uh, this one's a little more me than you, but I want to. I want you to jump in this one because I'm so intrigued by this massive deal that's taking forever. It's like watching molasses drip down the table of this final stage of Disney purchasing uh, massive portions of uh, 20th Century Fox. And so basically Fox is keeping their broadcast company, their sports network, their sports department in their broadcast network, and their cable stations, uh, Fox Sports 1 and 2. And they're keeping Fox News Channel, which they can have. Uh, and then uh, you have uh, ESPN slash ABC Disney getting everything else, which includes the thing that interests me, the 22 regional sports networks, which is where you watch all of your favorite teams, uh, NBA, NHL, and uh, Major League Baseball games throughout your calendar year. Uh, it doesn't affect me personally, Heat fans. I'm a Miami Heat employee. Which was my number uh, one question. Exactly. Jax, how does this affect you? <laughs> exactly. Uh, happy to be uh, in partnership with uh, Fox Sports Sun uh, as they impact the bottom line at a high level 
over there at 601 Biscayne. Uh, but I'm not a Fox employee, so this is just intriguing for me to see from afar as I've worked with Fox and worked for ESPN uh, in the middle of my career. This is such an interesting shift that's massive. Uh, I thought at one point this was going to be great for ESPN. Uh, the Department of Justice said, oh, no, 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 you are not going to own that much product. Already having a national deal with Major League Baseball, a uh, national deal with uh, the National Football League, a, a national deal with Major, I mean, with the NBA, uh, you're not then going to get all of the regional product from Sea to Shining Sea outside of maybe eight to ten markets. Uh, so they had to divest as part of the deal. They were happy to do so because uh, there's far more money they're going to make by having the movie houses. Uh, but this thing is so intriguing because I don't know if this is going to be a sale of 22 pieces to one entity. Uh, I'm not going to do math because I'll, I'll show a, a huge deficiency in my skill set. But little pieces going around. Is it going to be 20 there and two there? Are we now going into a whole new universe of streaming only as Amazon stands there and beats its billion-dollar chest, maybe trillion-dollar chest at this point? Uh, this is going to be so interesting. And then the transferable contracts that exist between teams and these broadcast entities, um, hopefully transferable. Hopefully. Uh, hopefully they're worded that well. Uh, and Because you didn't see this coming down the avenue even two years ago, if you renegotiated your deal, plus all the corporate deals you have from sponsors that have ad space on these shows. Does it make your head explode at all? It makes my head explode. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think when everybody heard it, we were just like, what? I mean, this is, it's a huge, huge deal. And there's speculation that we're going to be seeing the finishing of the deal early this spring. So all of this could be you know, coming to a close here shortly in early to mid spring. So, um, but I think on the sports side of things, it, it could be, it could be really great in terms of giving, you know, Fox more freedom on the sports side of things. And um, as soon as you mentioned the word streaming, I think that's the most uh, intriguing part of it since that's where everything's going. And there's so much more competition with Amazon and with Facebook and um, what is it? Dazen, the new yeah, exactly. uh, company that's jumped in there and is doing a lot with uh, boxing and combat sports. And so I, I just think this could be a total um, – it could be a not just a transition but almost like a, a digital and media revolution coming up here in a little bit because I don't think we've seen anything like this. Um, haven't seen it in my time. I don't know about your time, Jax. Not not to call yeah. you out there, but yeah, that's probably have a little bit should. more experience than me. <laughs> 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 1972. <laughs> stand up right now. Yeah, so um, yeah, this is this is the biggest sports media business um, story to watch, and we could be seeing the the ending of that coming soon in the next few months. So pay attention. In total, Fox Regional Sports Networks. And Yes Network, which is in this family, air 44 professional teams, including uh, ones, as I mentioned, from uh, Major League Baseball, National Basketball Association, and the NHL. Uh, a report that I saw while we're talking, uh, Disney's expected to sell each of these in single pieces now. That's the latest, I mean, like, hot off the presses. Uh, and you name the companies, Amazon, St. Clair, uh, was it? Is it Tenga or Tenja with T-E-N-G-A? I don't know. I don't You're know asking is. the wrong person. I don't know if yeah. it's a GIF or a JIF <laughs> or a soft G. or Yeah. yeah. So, I wasn't even sure. Is it Dazen? Is it Dazen? Yeah. Is it? 
Yeah. Split them up and sell them separately. That yeah. is crazy. Yeah, this is selling. This is going to be a lot the, of new Mike flags out there, everybody. Selling the car for its parts right here. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I, it's funny if the DOJ didn't uh, didn't step in and intervene here, this would have been colossal for ESPN to have that type of reach across the country as it pertains to their products. They could create new shows uh, for the, the the ESPN platform that they could regionally throw out just as the the pre and post game and the uh, really leading up to those types of shows, uh, really breathing life into maybe the six o'clock sports center that they've tried so hard to mm-hmm. reinvent and reinvent and fail and uh, making sure that there's just this constant flow of what's the most important thing in my business now, content. Yeah. And if you don't, if you don't understand the value of these RSNs, these regional sports networks, um, to put it in perspective, when, when the networks were seeing declines and, um, you know, when sports um, ratings were going down during the election year and everyone was, you know, wondering if the NFL was, you know, losing it, falling apart during the election year and, and, and that type of thing, the RSNs were thriving. The yeah. ratings were up in the regional sports networks whenever, you know, the ESPN and, and Fox and everyone was seeing, you know, declines everywhere else. So, I mean, these these networks are where, like you said, everybody gets their local content, everybody gets their hometown team games, and so they're incredibly, incredibly valuable, um, and especially when there are so many to sell individually, um, it could be a it could be a huge, uh, huge revenue boost there. So that's the high five. That's it for minding our business. Now, there, as we go forward, we, we can have a little bit of a mailbag, right? If folks want to find you on Twitter, how, how can they do it? Uh, if they want to find me on Twitter, mm-hmm. I'm at, at Get D's Tweets. So that's. I love that. Oh my God, I love this woman. Do you all understand that you hear? One more time. Give them that handle one more time. It's at Get D's Tweets. Ah! But that is that is D's with an S, so get D E S tweets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I'm really active on Twitter. Lots of sports biz, marketing, sponsorship stuff. Talking yeah. about talking about money all the time and very, the various hash, other things. Hashtag mob, so we know that that's something they would like for us to deal on the show. If they're asking a question or if they just hit you with a hashtag, you know. We got to do that in the next episode. We're going to be hashtagging the mob a lot. We're going to yeah. be steady mobbing for for quite a while now. Love it, love it. <laughs> the mob squad. That's us. I'm at the Jack Show on uh, Twitter. I'm just a carnival barker here. I just keep the thing moving. So no, you're she's you're, the you're actually the mob boss. Oh, That's I need a like. pinky ring. You need a pinky ring. The pinky ring. Maybe we'll get the pinky last rings. segment. It's so good. <laughs> uh, we thank uh, Five Reasons uh, Sports Network for allowing us uh, their space. As we grow this, maybe we'll have our own little space. But right now, we appreciate uh, Ethan and the crew uh, for allowing us uh, a, a little bit of room to grow. Yeah, uh, we're so. just we're just leasing the space. That's right now. <laughs> exactly. we're, we're hoping to be good tenants. For Doctor D's, I'm Jacks. Always be minding your business. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off 
my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill.